You didn't need two pieces of pizza? Oh man. Everything well hopefully your stomach doesn't growl like mine does. Corian, will you be my friend that rubs my stomach? No. What? That's weird. Definitely not. You said not. that like this. So weird. <laughs> Everyone has that friend that rubs their stomach. Guys. I am not it. Don't guys, call me. Guys, 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 Just guys. Just pretend I'm an guy. La ladies, <laughs> ladies, ladies. There we go. Figured out what worked. <laughs> this. What is this? <laughs> this is free wine. And unleavened bread. Bread. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. This I've is free wine and unleavened bread. bread. We got another person we could get one word per person. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Free wine and unleavened. Somebody mm. can do wine and. Wine. Wow. <laughs> wine. Guys, who's on mics tonight? Nobody's paying attention. Corianne right in the house. Corianne in the house. Corianne Thorpe. <laughs> David Overstreet. What's up? Whitney Williamson. Hey. <laughs> Sorry, she just ate some pizza, so she's not as lively. Yeah. Like her stomach is like full. Everything it could probably it probably still has room for bread though. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, you know, you know, I love bread. Bread is life. That's why she joined the. Podcast. Jesus is the bread of life. That is true. Hey. She actually misunderstood when we asked her, "Would do you want to join the free wine and the living break podcast?" She thought we were just trying bread every week. That's why she said yes. Mm. She's disappointed. I was disappointed. She was I like, showed up and they're like, here's your microphone. Say some good things. And I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> well, for those of you who do not know, I am Dalton Locke, the host of the show, uh, here with Whitney Williamson, David Overstreet, and Corey Ann Thorpe. And we are here to talk about Christian topics. And we are actually finishing up our series on the book of Colossians. Yeah. We, so far in episode one, we covered the first chapter. In episode two, we covered the second chapter. Today, we are covering the third and fourth chapters because they are so small. Teeny tiny. But, mm. but full and hmm? meaty. But they are full and meaty. <laughs> Don't get us wrong. They are a full course meal. Yes. And you are about to be stuffed just like Whitney's stomach. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, guys. I think it's the day after my birthday. It is the day after your birthday. And it's oh. Whitney's birthday. Yay me! Yay! <laughs> Send in fan mail, send in gifts to yes. the ladies of the show. Starbucks gift cards for Starbucks Whit. gift cards. <laughs> You can just send like full on puppies to me. Puppies, puppies. animals, <laughs> animals. Puppies. I'll take any. What did you say it's earlier, Marianne? That you that you just view people as animals. You guys didn't let me finish my story. Okay. Tell us. So, Retell it for us. Okay. Tell us. So I was thinking the other day at work, like there's so many people around. This applies to wherever you are. Like, I'll admit I love animals, and sometimes I care about animals more than people. I know that's a problem. But it's true. I don't know. It's easier to love animals, you know? Yeah. And so I started, like, every time I'd pass someone, I'd almost view them as an animal. Not not in a weird way, but just, like, like in a way that Jesus would view us. Like, he, you know, calls us the sheep, you know, that he loves and he shepherds us. So it's like, if I view people as these animals, as animals are innocent, they... They don't know what they're doing. Well, I mean, sometimes they do. They, they're just kind I of can defiant. To the fact that I'm yeah. the one downstairs that knows exactly what he's doing. I know too. He likes to jump on me. <laughs> I had to Super. fight him to keep him from coming up here just now. But like, it's just easier to like view them as 
you know like animals like they need they need food they need water and like especially pets you know so mm-hmm. if you're viewing people like this as just kind of innocent in a way you know even though we have sin and stuff but it's just easier to love them and it makes me look at them like oh you're so cute <laughs> you have so much potential just go pet them yeah <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> just imagine that without context oh you're just so cute <laughs> <laughs> maybe she likes me <laughs> no she just views you as an animal <laughs> what so confused Rejected. Oh All right, guys. So Love it. Takeaways from chapters three and four. Um. <laughs> Jinx, you owe me a soda. <laughs> so yeah, I think that just to kind of get us started, um, this back half of the book really kind of gets into the doctrine. Um, gets into now that we have been born again. These are the attitudes that we should put on i find it interesting how some of the first things he names in colossians 3 2 through 6 are literally our last like our last series on lust and sexual immorality um so that's hold on let me read that colossians 3 2 through 6 set your minds on things above not on earthly things for you died and your life is now hidden with christ in god when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you sh- then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. So, I just think it's interesting how we just kind of had that series. And then, here we are back again in Colossians, um, talking about that. And just the emphasis on, like, your old self has been put off and your new self is is now on. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think it's interesting how Paul asks for prayer uh, later in the fourth chapter. Um, he, he prays for, for those, but he also asks for prayer. Um, again, kind of showing his... Um, humility? Yeah, humility, his ability to want to build relationships instead of just asserting his authority, mm-hmm. like we were talking about in the first episode. Um, because as a leader, you also you realize that your strength doesn't come from you, but it comes from Christ, and you want to ask your community to to pray for that strength for you um, to be the leader you're supposed to be. So, those are some takeaways that that I found. What about you guys? Yeah. Um, mostly, what I took away is uh, that Paul struggles in prayer for this church and for other churches if you read his other letters um a lot of people i don't think they really take time to ponder what that means um for me kind of what it means to me is that when you're struggling in prayer you are intentionally just taking time out to pray for this specific thing or these specific people you're not just kind of like uh for example when I go to church or when I go to a small group or something, people just so quickly just throw out prayer requests and we just do a little closing prayer and we include those requests. But then throughout the week, we don't sit and pray over those things. We don't, um, you know, actually try and petition God throughout the week for those things. Right. And we don't pray and we forget to praise God when he answers those because we haven't sat there and, you know, thought about them enough. Yeah. Um, 
So when I think about somebody struggling in prayer, it means they're taking their time to actually sit down and think about what this person is going through or what this thing is that's going on, and they're they're putting themselves in that position, and they are just petitioning God on that person's behalf or on this situation's behalf that he would come in and that he would revive it or uh, fix it in some way or provide a solution. Yeah. Um, it's not just some passive thing. Right. You are, you are fervent and you are steadfast in your prayers. And I think that's what, uh, what that represents when he says that he struggles in prayers on their behalf. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, like, if they're very passive with their prayer life, I don't think they really believe that what they're praying for will come to pass mm. yeah. deep down. Um, because if you really want something, you you strive for it and you continue to do things to achieve that. Like, And that's the same way with prayer. Like, You continue to pray the same things. You don't just pray it once and then forget about it. Like, it's, It helps to log it. If like, maybe you put it in your phone or something or just even if you're just in a study group setting and it's just a prayer request for someone's loved ones and stuff, sometimes they can pile up. People are asking for a lot of prayer requests, just like jot them down and pray yeah. for them later, you know? Yeah. Um, so something that I began doing early in my walk with Christ, I started keeping a journal. Um, it's kind of like a lessons journal, so the lessons that I've learned, but it was also a prayer journal. What I would do is I would, I would write down prayer requests, and I would pray them, and they would remind me to pray throughout the week. And then whenever I got an update on that request um, or on that situation, I would write that down, and then I would go back and I would praise God for it. I would thank Him. Um, for what he was doing and for the fact that we we're able to see him, him working. Um, and then, you know, a year later, two years later, I'm able to look back and I'm able to see that. And I'm like, God has moved in so many ways. And I like, it gives me a chance to go with this person and get an even better update, see how they're doing. And sometimes it reminds them that God is moving in their life. Mm-hmm. Just seeing that, like just being reminded of that one thing that they were once so concerned about. Um, so keeping a prayer journal or a prayer log, I think, is an excellent piece of advice. That is yeah. for sure. Yeah, like what you brought up, David, I think a big thing is that not, you know, if not believing what you're praying for, I think that's a big problem. And so Colossians 4, 2, it says, Continue steadfastly in prayer, watching therein with thanksgiving. So it's that steadfastness, you stick with it, because when you know that you can attain something, you don't stop. Like, you know you're going to attain it. You know, and then I love the watching with Thanksgiving. Like you're watching because you know it's there. It's coming soon and you're being thankful for it before it even comes because it's already, you've already brought it to Jesus, you know. Mm-hmm. You know it's happening. I think it's when, when we tend to do that in our lives, I think it's a bigger kind of reflection of how we view others. And if we don't pray for others, we have more of a focus on ourselves and that's not what yeah. we're commanded to do exactly we're commanded to be servants we're commanded to look after others and be good stewards and that's yeah. something that i am so guilty of so often i'm just praying for myself and i'm right. not praying for the others around yeah. us same even so okay here's another verse uh colossians 4 3 um peter or i'm sorry paul was saying uh with all praying for us also I'm speaking of him in prison, that God may open unto us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds. And I think that's amazing. Like he's sitting there in prison. He's he's not asking for them to pray like, oh, like pray that I'll be released from prison or something. He's speaking 
like pray that I'll have the opportunity to share God, share the gospel with people. Yeah. You know, right. like that's yeah. so unselfish right there. Yeah. And that's the, that's a testament too, because in other letters that he writes, there the context tells you that who he's writing to is dealing with a lot of um, persecution. Mm-hmm. And while it is good to pray that that persecution persecution would end, that's not what Paul prays for. He prays that they are strengthened by the by the persecution, that they are strengthened and they that they continue to grow as Christians. Um, and so it's good to pray for both, uh, but it's just a testament to what these situations are, mm-hmm. you know. And it's a testament to, like you said, to Paul's character, and it's a testament to our character, what we're praying for, for yeah. other people, and what we're asking for in prayer. Kind of picking up right where you just left off, uh, Colossians 4, 5, walk in wisdom toward others, making the best use of of the time let your speech always be gracious seasoned with salt so that you may know how to how you ought to answer each person this is telling us to be prepared to be prepared to share the gospel to uh, my version it says declare the gospel declare the good news of Jesus um, with others when that time is appointed God has us in situations throughout the day where we are given an opportunity to share the gospel, to declare the good news of Christ, to proclaim the good news of Christ. And we need to be prepared for that. Yeah. Something that I've kind of noticed, um, like if we didn't, if we don't take advantage of the opportunities we have to share the gospel here, like there are so many other places that don't accept them. I mean, people were getting actually persecuted in this time. Like, I mean, and we're just afraid of an awkward moment. Like, I feel, I don't know. I went um, up north late earlier this year, and, like, they are not as open to the gospel as people are in the south, mm-hmm. at least from my experience. And same thing out west. Like, it's just, What was your experience? Well, just, like, um, I remember I was eating breakfast in a diner, and... I was just kind of like reading the Bible on my phone and my server like she came up behind me and she was like uh just doing some morning reading and I was like like yeah just like reading the Bible and stuff and she just was so put off by that Mm. and like she could you could see her she was just like laughing in the back of the restaurant at me with some of her friends and stuff and I was just like what's wrong with that whereas I feel like and also I like prayed before my meal and like people were so weirded out by by that. Good. Like they need to be just so weirded out. And I know people here in the South, like sometimes they'll come to you and praise you for it. Like it's it's just weird, like different areas. But mm-hmm. as far as the opportunities that we have, we need to realize that like the opportunities we have now are so much easier than the apostles had back then. Mm-hmm. And we don't need to just be afraid of an awkward moment. Like we we need to really get serious about sharing the gospel when yeah. we actually have the opportunity like you said be ready for that time mm-hmm. yeah. and then um, we were actually talking about this right before we started recording uh, I think I found a new favorite verse um, it's Matthew 9 uh, 36 and it's talking about Jesus and uh, Jesus is going to these towns and these cities and uh, when he sees the people he feels compassion for them because they are just lost um and I, I think that's a good reminder of how we need to be. 
Like when we see these people that are just walking without light, walking without the good news, we need to we need to see that. We need to feel compassion for them, so yeah. that that compassion can overpower that fear and that anxiety. Yeah. Also, when is the last time that you know a lot of the church actually prayed for lost people? Like the heart of what God cares about. You know, Pastor Bill said it this way. He was like, if you have five kids and one goes missing, you're like, oh, well, I guess we're good with the other four. We got enough, right? You know, like you are going to go on a mission and find that one that, that you lost. And that's the heart of God is like reaching his kids. Like he, like we talked about in our last episode, he is looking out for the benefit of what not is just about him wanting to have just his way, but it benefits you. And a lot of people don't see that. And don't see the character of God. Um, but just, I want to rewind a little bit back to Colossians 3. I know we went ahead and went on to chapter 4. But in the Passion Translation, it's titled, you know, Love One Another. And it's Colossians three twelve. It's like, you are always and dearly loved by God. So robe yourself with the virtues of God since you have been divinely chosen to be holy. Be merciful as you endeavor to understand others and be compassionate showing kindness toward all. Be gentle and humble, unoffendable in your patience with others. Tolerate the weaknesses of those in the family of faith, forgiving one another in the same way you have been graciously forgiven by Jesus Christ. If you find fault with someone, release the same gift of forgiveness to them. For love is supreme and must flow through each of these virtues. Love becomes the mark of true maturity. And so I think it's when we get to that place that we can love people even though that they might not see yet. That we're really showing who Jesus is, you know, because like you said, it's like sheep without a shepherd. They're not really going to understand that up front, but I think it's more about how close you are with God and just that unsaid power and anointing that comes with it. Whenever you are reaching people or you're at a restaurant, you know, in a a different state or city that's not in the Bible belt and, and, and being that example, that might be the first time they've ever experienced seeing somebody actually be genuine and, and that's important. And it says, Let your heart always be guided by the peace of the Anointed One, who called you to peace as part of His one body, and always be thankful. Let the Word of Christ live in you richly, flooding you with all wisdom. Apply the Scriptures as you teach, and instruct one another with the Psalms, and with festive praises, and with prof- uh, prophetic songs given to you spontaneously by the Spirit. So sing to God with all your hearts. Let every activity of your lives and every word that comes from your lips be drenched with the beauty of our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One, and bring your constant praise to God the Father because of what Christ has done for you. Mm-hmm. I love that. Let your lips be drenched with with Him. That's good. It's just so, like, I'm so glad that we're doing the series on Colossians because at first I was like, Colossians. I'm like, <laughs> but I mean, it's good. It's the Word. And whenever people get the word or they see the word, the word is the light and it is the truth. And whenever you put truth on a dark place, that's why a lot of people choose to stay in darkness is because when those things are exposed, they don't really know how to deal with them. And a lot of people try to deal with those things in their own strength, but it's the truth and it's the light that will lead them. And so it's just, it's just such a beautiful thing. Like it it tells you how to love one another, you know, being gentle and humble, unoffendable in your patience with others. Like, that's such a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. That was good, Whitney. Wit down. But yeah. Uh, so what is some advice that we could give to our listeners? Just after after reading the book of Colossians, 
and you know realizing uh, that the Holy Spirit is working with us, that He is praying for us, and that He is He's present, and that realizing that all that Christ has done for us, and that that qualifies us as believers, knowing that we cannot be disqualified in that, and then knowing just who we are in Christ, because we have shed off the new self, and um, the old self, and. Or, yes, sorry. <laughs> because we have shed the old self and put on the new self. Bearing the fruits of the Spirit. Um, I just completely lost where I was going with <laughs> I that. Know. I think that all, all of these chapters, you know, one through one through four in this book, they're just so, you know, beautiful and talking about, like, who you are in Christ and don't let religious doctrines sway you and, and, and how to treat people like... This does such a great job of the two greatest commands, and they don't even directly say that. But whenever Jesus is like, I can sum up the Ten Commandments in two things. Love God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. And even though it's talking about, you know, not being led astray, it, it's talking about the supremacy of Christ. Like David said in a previous episode, like the lofty things that they say that it's like he's the entirety of everything that you'll ever need. And then it talks about how to be patient and how to love people. It doesn't just tell you what to do without telling you how to do it. And that's my favorite thing about Scripture is it'll never shed light on an area and correct you without telling you what to do next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it also sheds light on who's given the orders. And like, like you said, just the supremacy of Christ and just... You know his his view. I mean his depiction and why it is that we we follow him and obey him and just I think this whole book is just kind of a journey of a Christian Christian's walk, especially an early Christian. Just first like knowing who's who's God. Like why why do why would I want to follow this doctrine? Like who is God? And once you figure out who the character of God is or what the character of God is then the doctrine starts to make more sense because you mm-hmm. you want to follow that because you want to follow that person it looks attractive right yeah yeah and i think we even kind of touched on that in the first episode of this series because we were talking about um, first it's your relationship with christ mm-hmm. and then it's the knowledge of god exactly yeah and so just to re- reiterate what you just said david um, i think it's evident just throughout the book yeah I, absolutely yeah, and I think, too, it just shows further that, you know, a lot of us may have this view that God is, I know in church today, or Pastor Bill has mentioned um, at services that a lot of people do do view Jesus as this angry God. You know, God is angry at you, but this really shows that he doesn't have this hatred towards you or anything like that. He has this pure love, and while he is a righteous judge, he set us free from so much bondage and just wants to be close to us, wants that relationship. Yeah. Yeah, and then in that relationship, he calls us to rem- to remember that we have shed the new self. Mm-hmm. The shed, I keep saying the new <laughs> self. We have shed the old self. That we have put off the old things uh, that are dead and earthly, and we've put on the new things that are in Christ. And I just think that's so good. Um, so what should we leave our listeners with? Like, well, there was an area that we didn't fully touch on, and it's and it's like ending chapter three and it just talks about you know um 
just putting your heart and soul into every activity you do as though you're doing it for the Lord himself and oh. not merely for others. Oh, yes. How do we leave that? Oh, my, oh, gosh. Oh that's, my goodness. That's one of my favorite almost, things because whenever we were reading this and how to love people and how to treat them and being patient with them, it made me think of some coworkers. And I, I love my job, love my coworkers. But, yeah. it. Go ahead and read it. Go ahead and read it. It's so good. It says, Let every employee listen well and follow the instructions of their employer, not just when their employers are watching, and not in pretense, but faithful in all things. For we are to live our lives with pure hearts in the constant awe and wonder of our Lord God. Put your heart and soul into every activity you do as though you are doing it for the Lord himself and not merely for others. For we know that we will receive a reward and inheritance from the Lord as we serve the Lord Yahweh, the Anointed One. A disciple will be repaid for what he has learned and followed. For God pays no attention to titles or prestige of men. And then it talks about how employers should treat their workers with equality and justice. As you know that you also have a Lord and Master in Heaven who is watching you. And I just think that that is also just so beautiful because God doesn't just care about what you're doing whenever other people are watching you. He cares about what your heart's like and what you're doing when people aren't paying attention to you, when you don't get recognition, when you don't get noticed. Are you being faithful like toward, you know, if your boss asks you to do something, is your heart fully behind it like you're doing it unto God? Like when you're cleaning up something that really probably wasn't your mess or just doing something very tedious. And he's like, no, be faithful in all things and do it. Do it like you're doing it unto me. Not just talking about doing it with pretense. Not just, you know, whenever you're getting attention for it. But but be that way like all the time. Yeah. And as a preface to all of that, um, Colossians 3.17, uh, it says, And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the God the Father through him. Um, speaking to us as Christians, we shouldn't just half-heartedly do anything, like you were saying. Uh, we should put our all into it. Mm-hmm. And we should work as if we are working for God, as if he is the next step up, as he's the next boss man. Yeah. Yeah. That's part of putting off the old self. Yeah. Just, I mean, if you're willing to do that, it's, it's submission. It's like we've been talking about the entire book. It's just life with Christ is submission to him. Mm-hmm. And if you're not willing to do that and there's still areas of your life that you're not willing to submit, then there's going to be holes. There's going to be areas where you struggle in your Christian walk. Yeah. And, um, you know, right after what I just read, it goes into... Uh, rules for the children for the Christian households and it says wives submit to your husbands as it is fitting in the Lord husbands love your wives and do not be harsh to them Uh, in other places in scripture it says husbands love your wives as Christ loves you well what did Christ's love come to he laid himself down for her he laid himself down for her the church his bride so people get so caught up on the word submit and they're just like well I'm mostly women like why would I submit to a man you know men are this this and this and this and while most of that is true you know men are they are just they're imperfect just like everybody else but if you think in the context of a Christian household where a man is actually following Christ where he is actually submitting to Christ as he should then you should have no problem submitting to him because it's just like you're submitting to Christ. He is just he is just an extension of Christ to you. 
honestly, I used to be that person too. Like I remember that topic first came up probably like in middle school, like seventh grade or so. And then even on into high school and I was like, submit, like you ain't about to tell me what to do. Like, I don't know who you think you, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like that's, you know, a previous thought process that I had. Same here. I'm like, (laughs) uh, if you think you, my boys, uh, you gonna get left. But (laughs) (laughs) honestly, that kind of goes back to the responsibility of, us ladies, like, if you have that view of, like, well, I'm not going to submit to no man, da 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 um, First of all, why are you picking men that aren't worthy to submit to? And My then acting, yeah, acting like, you know, you're the one that's right, but really you're picking wrong. So mm-hmm. let me just get you on that boat. But, yeah, whenever a guy is, like, in love with Jesus and, like, he leads, not, like, in perfection, but just in that awestruck I just love God and like he prays that's attractive like please lead hallelujah you know what I'm saying like when a man can lead that's Ah. it but he can't lead if you always trying to wear the pants so ladies you're gonna have to do your part because a lot of people will use those verses to like taunt the opposite sex and be like well it says men do this and it'll be like women do this why don't you worry about your part and do what you're supposed to do and stop worrying about the other person's verse. It says, when it says women, women, read it and do it. Mm-hmm. Men, when it says men, men, read it and do it. Yeah. And just to just kind of reiterate what we said in a previous episode, we've already touched on the authority of Scripture. And we know that Paul is an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. And that Scripture is the inspired word of God. So if it's in there... It's in there for a reason. It's because God sees it fit. And it says it right there. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh to them. Yeah. And so you have to accept that as the truth if you're going to be a professing Christian. But then you don't just stop there. You seek to understand what it's saying. And you seek to reflect on yourself and see, am I offended by this? And if so, why? Because... The truth is the standard, not culture, not logic, nothing, just scripture. And, you know, people are just so quick to throw in the stigmas. And it's just, you you just have to go back to scripture. I'm going to keep reiterating that. Go back to scripture. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Colossians, it, it's been really good. And it, one last thing, one last thing since we're on this topic. If you think that scripture is oppressing to women, go read Proverbs 31. Go read Proverbs 31 and see what it has to say about women. It's telling men to go praise their wives at the gates because of how strong Christians they are. Well, believers they are. How dare they? (laughs) Sorry if you hear the sirens. Something's going on. Be praying for that situation. Yes. You're pointing, but no one. See you. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, guys, we are way over time. Um, Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for checking out the podcast. Um, This wraps up our series on the book of Colossians. We will be next week. We will be back next. We will be (laughs) back. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Thank you, Whitney. We will see you next time.